0: We're live, or recording. Right.
1: Welcome to episode two of uh, our podcast, formerly known as Coffee, Protein Shakes, and Jesus, and per the request of my circuit visitor, Matt Schuler, now known as uh, Man Buns and Jesus, um, <clears throat> which we, we started this podcast. Uh, Bec- exclusively, actually,
0: because we both have Man Buns.
1: Well, yeah, but I was going to say for today, we, we attempted to start this podcast about five minutes ago. And then I screwed up and hit the wrong button. So we were two minutes in and then we had no audio recorded on my side. So that's my fault. But Josh was pointing out, uh, <laughs> perhaps fairly, that that might be a bit more divisive title. <laughs> um, so if you like it, good. If you don't, I don't know. We're two episodes in, and we've had two different titles, so you know what? Yes.
0: Here we go. <laughs> if you like it, good. If you don't like it, it's not all about you.
1: That, oh gosh, what 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 a <laughs> poorly poorly played lead in. Um, the worst. <laughs> Josh just segued us perfectly into our title for the week, uh, or not title, our theme for the week. So. Uh, the the kind of overall overarching theme is it's not all about you um but kind of some of the things that we want to break down and explore as we as we talk about this is one is the way that we do christianity in the united states does it make us more selfish instead of less um does it make us more like uh, the pharisees and sadducees seeking power uh, instead of more like the call that we have as disciples to drop everything and follow Christ. Um and two, just kind of a general like look at what does it mean to make it not about you? What is what does it mean to live in an unselfish way? Uh so I think those are kind of the the two directions that that we were talking about that at least I was thinking about um and uh Josh said he was interested in the topic, and at least his wife told him to do it, so well, I guess yeah. we're doing it.
0: Because <laughs> as we, we recently had this discussion about, do we have rules on our podcast, and we, the, t- the two rules we have is uh, we, we want to avoid getting defrocked, which for those of you who aren't uh, church people, I guess, we're both pastors, so defrocked means we're not allowed to be that anymore. Um. And rule two is neither of us, uh, can, this can't cause either of us to get a divorce. So those are our two rules. But,
1: I think but we yeah, two so neither one of those were the rules last week. So, you I know what, making-
0: uh, initially didn't we want to call the podcast? Uh, don't tell me what to do because we're not,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: So I mean, if challenge, I guess if if you're a listener and you're faithful listener of two two podcasts so far, and you intend to be a faithful listener going forward, keep track of it for us. Like keep track of all these rules we make up because I'm I'm just envisioning. This is my my down-the-line down the, down the line vision. I'd love to see, like, a few months from now, someone just send one of us an email with a list of, like, 30 rules that we made up and then completely disregarded the next episode. Because that would entertain me. We could have a special episode, random rules we made up that we don't follow. It would be like a clip show, except for hopefully less terrible than most clip shows. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Kind of beside the point.
1: Let's not promise anything until we get that far <laughs> anyway so um i don't know exactly what, what spurred this for chris in terms of a topic to talk about but um
0: this is my wife by the way it, it, yes. this was her idea no, clarification no, 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 no. Th-
1: thank you josh uh i apologize if there's a bunch of noise in the background on my side uh i'm podcasting from home and it's uh I'm not the only one home, so <laughs> it happens. Um, anyway, the, uh, the thing that kind of spurred this in my mind, and I'd be interested to kind of know if you know uh, what, what's kind of inspiring this for Chris, is like the, the churches in my area uh, of Michigan, the, a lot of the like older denominations, uh, the churches are pretty small. There's a lot of um, large, non-denominational um, mega churches in the area, though, and, and the pastors seem to have kind of a local celebrity status. And um, not to say that that's the the case here, or not to say that this is the case here, but like what I know of mega churches. Um, is that when the pastors start to achieve that kind of local celebrity status, it ends up becoming an ego thing. And I've seen a lot of pastors destroyed by it. And I, I'm just interested to know, like, is, am I alone in that? And does that kind of mentality in some of the most famous pastors in our nation does that then bleed over into how us, like, or not us, because Josh and I are-
0: Scrubs. Also,
1: well, no, I was going to say also local celebrities uh, so that you could mock me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, but like for, for the average Christian who's sitting in the pew, listening to a preacher like speak and, and, and preach, does the way that we speak and, and the way that we kind of carry our influence, does that impact you in a significant enough way that like your gut reaction sometimes is to kind of shy away from pastors because they can be kind of egomaniacs and and all that? I don't know, Josh, I'll, uh, I'll shut up for a second, and let you talk because
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to try and respond in order of, I guess, things I remember.
1: Um, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) You're you're totally fine. Um, In in regards to the mega churches, I, my, my hometown has four or five of them, like probably more at this point, like, and for those of you who are, you're like, what's a mega church, a mega church is one of those churches that like they worship five, ten thousand people on a weekend. Like
1: I would say even like a thousand plus. Once you're pushing a thousand people on a Sunday, you're, like, you're in
0: definitely to make a church territory. And I think the label is probably more frequently affixed to not meaning to load this positively or negatively, but more sensational experiences so they have the lights they have the the showmanship it's it's um there's a lot more entertainment i guess mm-hmm. which like has its advantages but uh in my in my hometown with those mega churches there was never like a fall from grace like there was never a fall like you never saw like this suddenly egotistical head pastor. Um, but they had never gotten to that like local celebrity status. So what I, but drawing it to the national, like you have these big preachers that they'll they'll go on, they'll be on cable news and they'll be talking about this. And when things are happening in the nation, they're asked about them. And I do think It impacts, I think it impacts our ability to do ministry Um, because we are called to humility. We are called, like, uh, spoiler alert, like, it's not about us. It's never supposed to be about us. Whether that's us as pastors or people sitting in the pews, um, we're called to more humility than that. And when you see someone who's really not living with that humility, who thinks their opinion is the greatest thing, they are God's gift to the church, they are God's gift to the world, like, what would people do? It Like, with that attitude, there's, there's a level of hypocrisy there. There can be a quite astounding level of hypocrisy there. And whether we like it or not, that colors how we see the world, right? I mean, even... And I think, and you can correct me if I'm starting to get way too far off on this, but I think there's a temptation because we see those guys who have made it all about them and they've been successful with it. And we look at them and in the American church, uh, so much of our, like we determine whether or not a church is quote unquote successful by how many people attend. What's their annual budget? Mm. And the reality is those guys who make the news, who become local celebrities, there is a reason for it. They're probably really good preachers or they're really congenial people, like they know how to work people. So their churches are going to look successful by our metrics of success because people are going to want to be in their church, right? And there's a temptation then for us and and I've had conversations just uh, I want to make this general enough so that no one knows I'm talking about conversations we've had. But in in the past couple of weeks, I've had conversations where people are like, we need to we need to look and see what they're doing. And part of me is like, you're right, because they're doing something and it's working from a certain standpoint. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not going to hurt us. Right. But I think part of the danger comes in they're, they're getting success, but it's not necessarily the gospel isn't necessarily what's driving it. And they're not necessarily connecting people to Christ. And that's not to say they don't, because I think a lot of those mega churches, I do think I genuinely believe the gospel is there. And I will see all those people in heaven. And we'll hang out then. But I think there's a temptation there to make it about us. So what's our driving force? Is it the gospel? No, we're, we're trying to be a successful church. It's well, well, they're not disconnected, but don't put the cart before the horse, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is a call to humility that is deflating almost. And uh, I'm gonna use an example, it's personal and it's gonna, it might sound a little arrogant, That's why Ben's here. He can take me down a peg if I need to. But I've been told that my preaching, um, once people are in front of me and I'm preaching, we have them. I've been told that by people who are visiting, by like, visitors come, they hear the preaching, they're like, this guy, he's got it, and we get them. Which for me, like, that's an incredible compliment. Okay, I do. I appreciate that. Um, I like the, the positive feedback. Who doesn't like positive feedback? But the reality is, it is my job, it is my call to then respond by saying, I'm glad the Holy Spirit is working, because ultimately it is not me, it's not the words I chose, it's like that's not what makes an impact on someone else's heart. It's the Holy Spirit. But if we take that and we say, Well, your preaching is really effective, and we forget that step of it's not the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work, then we start to make it all about the preaching, and you might you might see success. I'm not going to deny that if, if you, you pull people in and you say, you got to hear this preacher and you, and that's how you grow the church. You might, but what if that goes to my head and I start acting like, you know, like our last episode, a jerk, like that's pinning it all to one person. And I think that's where you come in. When you see these celebrities fall there, the church can disintegrate because why were people were there for the preacher, not for the gospel. And I I, getting back to kind of the original question is I do think there's something in American culture that drives that because Mm -hmm. we want to see success and we want to see fast success. And if you, if that's your model, you're going to see a lot faster growth. Whereas if your model is discipleship, if it's spiritual formation, if it's really connecting people to Christ, that's going to happen slow because that happens through relationships over months and years now i i'd like to think that you can connect the two because there are some strategies for bringing people in that are effective but if if you miss that step of saying like who's really doing the work here if you miss that step of it's not about me it's about god it's about your relationship with him it's about your relationship with the community it's about your standing before him If you don't keep those two as the priorities, as the highlights, then I think, I don't want to say you're doomed to fail, but you're, you have gaping vulnerabilities because you're relying on people and people suck. Right. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, if I can, I can break one of the rules that we set last week and cite a specific example, I'm going to, I wasn't asking your permission. Um, (laughs) So I figured. About, I want to say it was like six months to a year ago. Um, do you remember when the the pastor of Hillsong's, I believe it's SoCal, like their LA, Orange County branch, um, got caught in an affair with.
0: Did your internet. Did your internet go down, Josh, or did mine? Did your internet go down, Josh, or did mine? I think I'm back. Okay. Yeah, I'm back. (laughs)
1: Was that a you problem or a me problem?
0: I think that was a me problem. I should probably not have Logos open while we're doing this. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: for those of you who don't know, Logos is a Bible software that's really, really big. Yeah. You were saying, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so do you remember the story of uh, Hillsong's Southern California branch pastor getting in trouble for an affair he had? Uh, no. No.
0: But it, okay. I've heard stories like that.
1: Yeah. So this one was like six months to a year ago. Um, his, uh, his name's Carl Lentz. He, he was the pastor for like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez. Um, like if there was a, uh, a Hollywood A-lister that was uh, even remotely Christian, there's a good chance that Carl Lentz was their pastor. Um and that happened like a year ago and basically in the year since i feel like i haven't heard anything about any christians like any hollywood a-listers really claiming christianity and i i think like this kind of speaks to what you were talking about where like if there is a uh, an ego or a, a um like success driven model around a certain pre- preacher or pastor that person ends up becoming the nucleus of, of the church instead of Christ. And it just drives everything in the wrong direction. And like, that is an incredibly high profile example of it. But I think this happens on a much more local scale than even that. Um, and because we've now been talking about this, like really, I don't know, kind of national scale thing for like the last 15 minutes um, to bring it back down to like a, a local level. Um I think it's kind of interesting to then see how that kind of plays into the lives of, of ordinary Christians. Like if the culture in the church is to drive a a success-driven, uh, uh, an ego-driven Christianity where we're trying to create this like fantastic place where the, the notoriety of a church is is great and, and the culture of the church is famous. Um But it's not necessarily famous because it is Christ-centered. It's just famous because it is the church. Like, not the church, big C church, but like, it's a building with people in in that culture.
0: Um, It's a social club as much as it is a church.
1: Exactly, exactly. Then we're going to create a bunch of people who also in their lives are kind of seeking that same thing. It's kind of uh, to to nerd out for a second here. It's the liturgy of some of these places is to create and and to to form people to be like uber friendly and not not that all of this is bad but like uber friendly kind of ego driven success oriented people who want like a a fame and a notoriety either for themselves or the place that they love to to go worship and and And
0: i I think you're right i think a lot of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here isn't necessarily bad and don't hear us say that it's where is the priority what is your values mm-hmm. because the reality is your the what you are doing those values that's going to be what you breed what you inculcate in the people who are joining your church so and part of me so I'm we, we've been talking a lot about well it's not all about you and we're talking a lot about from a pastoral perspective like it's not all about your pastor um, so my thought a little bit is like if I was sitting here if I was watching this and thinking about my pastor hopefully especially if you're from one of our congregations it's not all about us it's not all about your pastor but I think that By reframing how we approach things, not from a pastoral standpoint, but just from an everyday life standpoint, we can start to reassert what it should be about. So just some examples that like we've kind of touched on here is say your your pastor has a, a powerful sermon that it hits you, it challenges you, it forces you to grow. Change how, because like, at least speaking for myself, I do appreciate the positive feedback because it helps keep my, my internal negative voice at bay that says, you suck at this. Why are you even like, what are you doing? Um, but reframe it as something along the lines of, I'm so thankful that God is working here through you. Mm-hmm. And make the okay. actor in the situation god or when the church is growing always frame it as god is is working in this place the holy spirit is working in this place never wow we're really doing the right things um and you know you can we can continue to take this down even into your life um give credit where credit is due right our gifts our talents our abilities our blessings they're all from god Mm -hmm. so it's not all about you Give credit where credit is due. When when and it's okay to be talented. It's okay to stand out. It's like I'm not saying oh strive for mediocrity. Like don't get don't get celebrated or called out at all. Like it's good for us to celebrate people who are who are gifted. Um, several times since I've been here, we've had uh, we've had musicians and technicians who were like moving for a job or whatever at the church. And at the end of the service, we celebrate with them. We say, you know, thank you for your service. We are so blessed that God works through you. So like, don't hear me say like play down your talents because false humility, I don't think helps either. Just make sure that you keep before you and we keep before us that it's coming from God. So, and I think it can be as easy as shifting our language a little bit to saying, I'm thankful that God is working through your gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I see CSL- yes,
1: sorry. I was going to say another thought that is kind of riffing off of that. Um, one of the things that that I personally have loved to hear, and I've only heard this a couple of times um, between my my vicarage or internship year and and now being a pastor for three and a half four months. The the best feedback that I've ever gotten on a sermon or a Bible study or anything. Was when somebody actually took what I had talked about, applied it, and then told me how God moved through some of the things that they were doing to like really do some significant work in their life. Um, you know, healing relationships, bringing people together, helping someone deliver the the message of Christ to, to someone that they they love and care for. Like that means more to me than you know 500 great sermon, Pastor Ben will ever do. Like if, if I actually see and hear about stories of, of the words of, of, of like my sermons through the Holy spirit, working on your heart actually makes an impact in in your life to where you want to like bend the knee, serve your neighbor, love God and, and do things for the kingdom. That is the best feedback I will ever get.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think alongside this, because like I, this attention we're drawing right of recognize when God has gifted people, but recognize that it's God who gifted them. Um, there's a quote. right? it's not a quote. Well, it might be a quote. It's something that I'm, I read in C.S. Lewis. I think it was in C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, but I don't have that book in front of me, obviously, so I can't quote it directly, but he's talking about humility and the the he boils down the definition of because we have false humility all over the place you know those people who like are unequivocally talented at what they do and when you compliment them they say oh i'm not i'm not that good it's like yes you are shut up <laughs> like
1: and you can tell this like the smug smile on their face and they get like, a little too much pleasure out of it you're yeah. right
0: i know I know I'm not good. Yeah, oh no, definitely. no, it's not that big a deal.
1: Yeah, I feel okay. Exactly. So that's a
0: false humility, and we're we love that. Our that's no problem for for us and for the people around us. But what C.S. Lewis suggests instead is that humility is being genuinely as excited for other people's gifts and talents and victories as you are for your own. Mm-hmm. So when I get that feedback, when someone comes to me a couple weeks after a sermon, they say, you challenged me. You challenged me and I grew and it had an impact in my life and in the people around me. I'm going to be excited about that feedback. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. riding high probably for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. But humility and recognizing that it's not all about me calls me to do the same when I hear someone come to me and say, I was having a conversation with Joel. So Joel is, uh, is the CMC vicar at Edgewater. He's our, our music guy, an incredible blessing in ministry. When someone comes up to me and says, Joel said something to me and it really impacted me and it changed my life. I better be riding just as high that day as when it was about me. And I think that's something that can be taken into like, no matter what your walk of life, your vocation is. If you're a business person, be just as excited for your coworker stealing an awesome deal as you are. If someone gets promoted over, this is a big one. If, you, if you're operating with this humility with this, it's not about me. Um, and someone gets promoted over you being just as like genuinely just as excited for their promotion as you would have been if you had been the one getting promoted. That's the thing I do think is, is the struggles against our sinful nature. Like we don't want to do that. But I think that's we're kind of honing in on. That's what we're called to do when we say it's not about you. Uh, it's not necessarily that you have to decrease. It's just you build up your neighbor just as much. Yeah. That definition always stuck with me, even yeah, though it was probably in the words of a demon. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, the Screw Tape Letter is a book by C.S. Lewis where it's one. It's an like an elder demon writing letters to a younger demon about how best to tempt this person. It's it's astonishingly applicable. Like it was written yeah. however many years ago, you read it and you're like, shoot, he was a prophet, he's talking about today and he wasn't. <laughs> it's just humanity's really consistent in our problems. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nothing new under the sun.
0: We're full of ourselves. Yeah. That's a consistent problem.
1: <sighs> yeah? I mean Let's go back to Genesis. The, that's how consin- consistent this problem is. Like, you could go back to Babel real easy. The, Babel itself was just a, a towering monument to humanity's desire to be egocentric. Uh, or even you could go to... The you can go to the, the original.
0: Man. Why did yeah. Eve... Why, how did the serpent convince Eve and and then Adam... To to eat of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, "You will be like God." Exactly. And oh man, I really wish I could remember this because it would be such a great thing to pull up right now. (laughs) For the I was we were doing a Bible study or something. It was, uh it it was at the pastors' conference. We were talking about Rubicon moments. I'm gonna remember it. Now I probably won't remember it immediately after this podcast, but. And, and i started to kind of trace this that is like an astonishingly consistent thing like beneath mm-hmm. so many of these other sin like in the old testament in our lived experience the core of the problem is we want to be god we want to be in control yeah. we want to be the guy and when we try and make that a reality we we start to hit the fan
1: yeah spot on spot on So in other else? words, I was just going to say, if, if you've like, if you walk away from this podcast feeling convicted, like, man, I, I see these people that are, are so, so successful in their faith, so successful in the way that they operate. And, and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is something that I'm really struggling with. No, a, that there is forgiveness for you in Christ. And that is for you unequivocally. Uh, and, and two, you're not alone. Like this is something that all of humanity struggles with on an on a incredibly consistent basis. And so, if this is you, like, this is something that, that we can deal with as the, the body of Christ together, because this is something that, because everyone has at least some desire to, to make it about themselves, to be egocentric, to uh, be their own God, like, it's something that we can work on together it's something that we can work on and and by working on it together you are by definition making yourself less and that is a beautiful part of that yeah i I think maybe with that we we move into kind of some concluding thoughts
0: yeah um so i made i put you on the spot i made you go first last week so in In a turn of fair play no, um uh, my I ended
1: up making you go first last week oh did you i on the spot, and then oh, i they... said that you should go for, you put me on the spot
0: okay so ben if you had to take away one one thing from from our time here today what would your one takeaway be
1: i think my one takeaway would be that like this sin the sin of of egocentrism the sin of wanting to make things about yourself uh because it is so prevalent it's also perhaps the easiest one to find counsel on. And if you find yourself struggling with this, like go to your pastor, go to a loved one or a friend that you respect and, and know uh, and, and respect their humility uh, and ask them, Hey, how do you get out of your own way? And then go to God in prayer, lift up, lift up that, that sin and, and ask him for forgiveness because this is something that's giving humanity for forever and he's not going to deny it from you he's not going to deny it from you
0: oh uh, that's a heck of a takeaway <laughs> um so uh i think if i were to if i were to push one takeaway from this it would be i guess something i, I brought into it but that idea of be just as excited for other people's victories and gifts mm-hmm. and talents as your own. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think we live in a world that's sick of false humility. Mm. And I think, I think our witness will be powerful when we show some genuine humility. So I, that would be my takeaway is, is being just as excited for other people as you are for yourself. Um, so, uh for you listening we uh we we discussed prior to this and last week we like prayed it out and we both <laughs> i guess realized or remembered how awkward that like recording a prayer for that someone else to just watch <laughs> so instead yeah and I, the
1: COVID I, services,
0: yeah um i think instead and i genuinely think that this is a better a better way to go about it um <laughs> is we're, we're going to try and leave you with a devotion, with some scripture to walk with, um, with, mm-hmm. a, with a devotional thought, and then with, a, with something to pray about. So we're not going to pray for you. Maybe this is a growth opportunity for you. We're going to give you something to pray about uh, for yourself. Um, and I have, mm-hmm. I, I have the scripture that I want to share, but I don't remember the citation because that's my perennial problem. Uh. okay um so the the scripture that i'd love for you guys that i'd love to put before you i'd love to get you to dive into um is romans 12 3 and it says uh, let me let me get it in a translation of that i right? like uh for by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So um, I would I would invite you to, again, that's Romans 12, 3, open it up on, on your Bible app and your physical Bible, check out the verses around it, kind of see what what he's talking about there and and spend some time reflecting on that, so... You got a devotional thought for us, Ben? A prayer idea? I do.
1: And I think it's funny that you went with Romans 12 because last week, the, the two texts that I picked for uh, a sermon and a service on ministering to, the, to one another in the body of Christ were Romans 12 and the one that I was thinking of, of bringing up, Mark 10, uh, 35 to 45, I believe is the reference. And it's where James and John these two boisterous brothers come to Christ and ask him, Lord, can we have the seats on your left and on your right? <laughs> and I got to imagine that the, the, the actual response that, that Jesus gave and not the one that Mark recorded was, come on, you guys, you're such knuckleheads. Like, stop it. But instead we get from Mark that, that Jesus says to them, You think you can drink my cup? You think that you can be baptized in my baptism? And and when they say yes, he comes back to them and says, sure, you can have it. But those places, God reserves those for who he wills. Whoever is going to be the greatest among you must be the least. Whoever is going to be the, the most powerful must be the servant of all. And I think that in and of itself, that teaching of Christ right there epitomizes what it means to walk as a Christian and not make it about you.
0: Yeah, so jump into those texts is our challenge for you this this upcoming week. And then just some prayer ideas for you. I always I love to run through the four parts of prayer. Uh, Praise God that, you know, he continuously forgives us regardless of this confess or admit, admit to him those places where you do think of yourself more highly than you are, and and you treat the world like it is all about you. Um, Ask him for humility. And you can ask him for those victories, ask him for those talents, ask him for those reasons to celebrate both in your life and in the lives of the people around you. And then thank him for those blessings that he does put before you. So those are kind of my prayer ideas for you. And with that uh, shameless plug time, I think. (laughs) Uh, So we have this podcast here. It is now man buns and Jesus. Official name title. I think on all platforms, Uh, iTunes might make us wait a couple more weeks to change it again. Um, but you can follow us. So you can follow us on YouTube. If you're watching, if you want to see the video, if you want to see Ben in his basement and me in my spare bedroom, um, we're on Spotify and, uh, we're on pod And once we get a couple more episodes going, we'll also be on things like Google podcasts and iTunes, but they want, they want more like fully formed podcasts before they put them on their platform. So, uh, Go ahead and subscribe and follow us if if this is your thing or if it's making you uncomfortable and you're challenged, then I would say you should probably follow us even if we're not your thing. Um, and then the last thing I have for you is if you have something you would like us to talk about, or if you have a concern with something we've talked about and you want to kind of come at us on it, uh, please we live for that stuff. Um, my email is pastorjosh at edgewaterlutheran.org. I don't know if Ben wants to give out his email, but you can always reach out to me. Uh, I, I love it. Ben
1: at DSLS.org.
0: Nice oh. and easy. Um it's yeah. a good thing we have, have easy names name. to spell. <laughs> um, so reach out if to you're us. Looking we, for a church we...
1: in... I was gonna say if you're looking for a church in SoCal, talk to Josh. If you're looking for a church in Metro, Detroit, talk to me. And if you're anywhere else in the country, reach out to one of us, because we know all sorts of churches across the country, and we might be able to hook you up.
0: Yeah, that we do. We have a lot of good friends in a lot of good places. So, that we do. All right. With that, brothers and sisters, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.